Welcome back, everybody, to the Players Club Podcast, uh, episode 50, which is kind of a milestone. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is a milestone. We've been doing this for a hot minute. Uh, we're, what, two episodes away from like a full year's worth of episodes, if you listened every week on the week. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, welcome back. Thanks for rocking with us for all this time or jumping on right now if this is your first one. Um, but we have a interesting show today. Uh, our main topic is going to be talking a little bit about that Nintendo Direct that happened not too long ago. Uh, the first one in what, 500 plus days, <laughs> someone was counting down. Um, and we're just going to talk about what we think that press conference did wrong, why people are a little bit disappointed from it, and look at some other press conferences as, you know, some guiding principles from those older conferences that can maybe help along people trying to make a new conference now. Um, and the proper allotment of announcements and whatnot. Um, but before we get to any of that, I have to introduce you to the person that I'm recording with today. And once again, it is Alan Muir. What's up, homie? Uh, well, the, the LV The Show 21 tech test starts by the time this comes out. Ooh, is that is it like a week-long thing, or is it over the weekend? It's from the 23rd to March 1st. Fuck, you get a lot longer. <laughs> I am very jealous because I only get two days to play Knockout City here this weekend. So, God, yeah, we're. I don't mm-hmm. know whether I should. Like, I, I'm I'm sort of locked in on the Series X version, but I've I've always been the PlayStation like version guy. Hmm. I mean, that was the only choice. So. I mean, now that you have an option, I figure I, I don't think the Xbox version is going to be any more in. I don't think it's going to be inferior or really any different from the PlayStation version. So I think you're safe to stay on Xbox if that's the main concern. Yeah. Um, on Thursday, like usually the, the way the um, the way the schedule works for the the coach and Tatis videos. Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday and Thursday, a new one drops and they explain or show off a little glimmer of a new feature thursday came came, and the entire day everyone was like where is it where is it i need it so they oh boy i saw a tweet and i I, like i signed up for the get notifications for this twitter account yeah and i see i see just see the 21 logo and it's there's a sub sale and so many people were just saying not the news we want where's the news They're like, stop throwing us off the scent. Give us what we really want. <laughs> Good God. That's pretty incredible. You got to love fans, man. You got to love how ravenous they are. I, 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 I love them, but at the same time, I hate them because of what someone, some ass, some bunch of assholes did to Etika. Oh, wait. This recently? Wait. Or like when he was still around? No, this was, this was, this has to do, this, when the direct uh, dropped or when all that news came out, someone posted on Twitter, Etika reacting to the nintendo news in heaven right now and it's just going crazy reacting like all all happy Mm -hmm. and then someone was like no actually no that's him that was him drowning oh my god that's the worst and then the next person said uh because he committed suicide he's not allowed in heaven okay yeah nah yeah that that, i almost deleted twitter because of that jesus christ yeah that that is that ain't the move. I can't even. Nah, that's just nothing about that's good. I can't even twist that into something positive. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, just yeah, shout out to Etika, man. He was a positive force, and it's better to remember what he was than, you know, any of that other nonsense. 
I'm fairly certain that all that those Twitter accounts were white tw Twitter accounts. Oh, certainly. Yeah, people who had nothing, no connection, so they can say whatever they want. So, ugh, just fucking terrible. But you know what's not terrible? Video games. <laughs> Video games are pretty all right. And we have a couple to talk about here in the What We're Playing segment. Um, how about, okay, you have a couple, you have one more game than me to talk about. So let's actually kick it off with you. Uh, what's one of the games that you've been playing the last week? Well, it's, I may have, it may, it may show that I played a few games, but I didn't mm. play them for that long. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So I'll, I'll, All right. I'll start in what I played least to what I played most. All right. That works what with I, me. What I played most was like 30 minutes of a game. Okay. Hey, I've had weeks like that too, so I'm not even gonna hate. So I played Resident Evil Three. Okay. Because I hadn't played it in, I haven't played it in a long while. Oh. Did you beat it like closer to when it came out? No, I haven't beaten it yet. Oh, okay. So you just like went back to it. Yeah. So I w I did the mission, or not the mission, the the part of the game where you have to reset the power to you have to reset the four main breakers. Oh, uh, okay. Kind of like exploration-y type stuff. Yeah, and that's sort of, that's when things got a little anime-esque. Oh, okay. I have no idea what that could mean in the context of Resident Evil. <laughs> or no, that's how it got, it went towards hentai. Oh, okay. Tentacles are involved? Yes. Okay, I've seen gameplay of this then. Yeah, I, I'm familiar. At a certain point, I just, I was just... Getting, I was almost getting, I was almost going to throw up at a certain point because it's like, why even do this? Because <laughs> it'll make you sick, gross out horror. You know what it is. I know. I'm pretty sure that's, that's some dudes. Some dudes will get their rocks off that with, with that. <laughs> hey man, it's it art is art, no matter how you look at. it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Someone there, someone out there is probably you know losing their shit to it, but you know, there's something for everybody, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it that's the, that type of stuff is a little bit bizarre, but I just feel like, you know, that is already kind of a little bit of a trope in horror games and stuff, like tentacle monsters and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not too surprised, but it is a little bit off-putting. Yeah, so I finished that area, uh, turned on the electricity, then bam, Nemesis showed up. Oh, yep. <laughs> just when you least expect it. That's how it works. <laughs> and I was under the impression that I still had the mod on. The mod on. That would that basically just rendered him docile. Oh, <laughs> oh god! To your surprise, did he just rock your shit? <laughs> yeah, I was. Oh man. <laughs> oh boy, I can only imagine. Now, no. now, yeah, go ahead. No, but as soon as like, uh, Jill, Jill radios Carlos and says that thing is back again. I don't, and I don't know what to do. And he's like, get back to the train station. Or get right back to the subway station. And she's like, no, I must do what the plot demands. Or what the story, what the quest, quest line, main quest line demands. And I immediately turned off the game because that was, it was like, it's like 1030 something I was playing the game. That's too late to be exposed to some horrifying imagery. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I feel you. I feel you. So it seems like you played at least a decent bit of the game. Um... I mean, overall, are you one of these people that enjoyed, you know, RE2 more? Or do you think, you know, RE3 still, you know, has a has a case to make for itself? Like, what's your opinion on RE3 in comparison to the other Resident Evils you might have played? Uh, I've enjoyed 
pretty much all the Resident Evil games I played. This yeah. ranges from Resident Evil Two on the P on the on my uh, PSP. Oh, okay, <laughs> PSP. All right, I respect that. Uh, Resident Evil. I, I didn't like the original Resident Evil Three. Hmm. Okay. Possibly a hot take, but I I'm not about to break you off for it. <laughs> I obviously my but the one Resident Evil game I love is uh, four. Oh yeah, I'm right there with you. That's my favorite one as well. I eventually got to a certain point where I played five with a friend back when back in '09 when it released, mm-hmm. and went back to it recently or a while ago. And oh man, that game! I forgot. I did not. I did not realize how racist that game is. It's yeah, <laughs> a lot, so much of that stuff is just really hard to go back to. Like, ugh. and then God. obviously everyone hates six. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I kind of want to go back to six. Like, I just want to play it because I know everyone hates the action side of Resident Evil. But and even though five is like totally racially insensitive, it's the first one I ever played. So like and I I kind of have a little bit of a fondness just for the over the top actiony parts of Resident Evil, which kind of ties back to uh, a game I'm going to talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I kind of had a, a nostalgia for that recently. So I'm thinking, man, maybe I would enjoy Resident Evil 6 if I went back to try it. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't tested that hypothesis, but I, I feel like I wouldn't be as harsh on it as everyone else, maybe. All I'll say is there's a section in Resident Evil 6 near the end of one of the one of the three three different stories going on in that game. <laughs> okay. With uh, Chris and Piers. Mm-hmm. He's you got you guys are fighting a BOW a bow? <laughs> no, a bioorganic weapon. Oh, damn. Do they not call it a bow ever in the game? No. God, that would have been too easy. <laughs> and Piers ends up taking something to so he can end up becoming a BOW. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you're supposed to as Chris have a certain amount of ammo. And I did not have the ammo, so I was just walking around getting hit by this thing and constantly getting helped back up by peers. It just sounds frustrating. And I will but I will say the best thing in that game is obviously the Chris and Leon fight. Oh, I didn't realize it was a Chris V. Leon fight. That actually sounds well, pretty it's, badass. It's not really it's not really a fight. It's more of an interaction where all all six of the main characters are in like a warehouse. Oh, but there's I think there's if I remember correctly, there's a a uh, flight uh, flight section in the Kristen Pierce story. Hmm. Okay. Was, it was really fun when I played it. Hmm. Okay, but then. Well, the one, the one Resident Evil game I want to see get remade, like the fold up, fold, like ground up remake. Yeah. With Veronica. I would actually like to see that too. I don't know why we haven't. <laughs> because like, like in my opinion, the remakes should be for games that are either obsolete to play now, like, for example, the Fallout, the early Fallout games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or games that didn't quite work or didn't qu- quite work on the first attempt. And mm-hmm. Code Veronica got technically an HD version. So oh, yeah, got, I remember it that. Got multiple tries. It got, like there was the Dreamcast version, the PlayStation version. Mm-hmm. I think it, I remember seeing it pop up on like playable either on PS3 or PS4 as a PS2 classic, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was I think it was both. Okay, yeah. Yeah, in either case, yeah, it's definitely something that uh I feel like people have been wanting that cuz that's just a 
especially compared to the rumors of you know Resident Evil 4 being the one that's getting remade. It's like, man, everyone loves RE4. Everyone still plays RE4, and it hasn't aged that poorly. So I, I don't see the reason to remake it, even though it has been, what, almost 15 years, <laughs> something like that. Um, it, when did the original one come out? I want to say like 2005. Yeah, uh, you know, January 20, or 2005. Yeah, 2005. So yeah, it's been more than 15 years at this point, but it still plays very well, especially if you played one of the modern remakes or remasters on PS4 or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we'll just have to see what happens with these next couple games because uh, they they have their own plan over at Capcom. And honestly, they're printing money using that plan. So they're probably going to just stick to it no matter what we say. But uh, uh before it sounds like on, oh yeah go ahead uh, before we move on i just have two two things to say i pre-ordered village on ps5 oh okay that's what's up getting stepped on let's go <laughs> <laughs> and two they already remade resident evil 4 and it's called the evil within 2 <laughs> you know what you're not the first person to say that um i would love to see actually is the evil within is there a high frame rate mode? I think. Uh, with which which one? The first one or the second one? Um, the the second one because I remember seeing like a digital foundry video where they compared frame rates on PS4 and Xbox and all that stuff. Uh, let me look this up because if it if there's a high frame rate mode on PS4, I have a copy on PS4 and I might try and play that sometime. Uh, PS4 60 FPS. Let's see what pops up. Because that game, if 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 not, then I'll just get it when it eventually hits Game Pass through the Bethesda deal on PC. But it, yeah, it is, it is a phenomenal game. It takes everything that was, it takes all the stray little ideas that that were in the first game that didn't that were overlooked, and mm-hmm. like they re they 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 recast the voice for Sebastian. Oh, is that a good recasting? Yeah, something the, that made it less cringe. Yeah, he he sent the voice matches the character model oh okay that's good and there's a great there's a great sequence or a great set of sequences where a a certain enemy type tries to trap you like to kill you and you have to stealth your way through with like being without getting detected Mm -hmm. and it's like you're one of them is like you're you're in a mental hospital like going through different areas and you're you have to find the right door to open Huh, okay. Interesting. Ironically, it was the one that Shinji Mikami had little to little to nothing to do with. And honestly, it's the most high it's the more highly regarded one too, which don't quite know how to feel about that. And he left Ghostwire Tokyo, so I don't know how much of his influence is on that at this point. But um also I did just to confirm, I did look it up, and yes, Evil Within 2 runs at 60 frames per second on PS5. So you're I... grand time. Hell yeah, man. I once I get through all these ratchet games, which I'm gonna start streaming tonight as we're recording, um, I will add that to the docket. <laughs> so hopefully it won't take me too long. Um, but yeah, speaking of actually speaking of both tentacles and speaking of over-the-top action, as we were saying earlier, uh, one of the games that I've been playing is one that kind of just snuck up on me out of nowhere, I guess. Uh Lost Planet 2. Um if, if y'all aren't on Twitter uh, or if y'all aren't on our Twitters, uh, I 
uh, Blessing was interested in playing this one. I tweeted about trying to play it because it came to Games for Gold recently because I have a lot of fond memories of Lost Planet 2. I played the demo way back on PlayStation 3, and because I didn't really have that many games, I just played that demo a million times, and it was the coolest shit in the world. There was a big-ass boss that was like the size of a parking garage and there was like a bunch of different phases to it. You can shoot off its legs. You can shoot at the core on its top. You can get swallowed by it and shoot its heart from the inside. It was a very cool uh, boss fight. Uh, And I just played that boss fight a million times. And now that I had access to the full game here, I was very excited to get to play it. So I tweeted about it and bless was like, holy shit, you're a lost planet two guy. We should play sometime. And I was like, you know what? I'm down for that. And so we stream. He streamed it uh, a couple days ago. I was playing alongside him, and yeah, Lost Planet Two is indeed fun. Um, and it definitely the thing that I've forgotten about Lost Planet Two is that it has that over the top Japanese game energy that something like Resident Evil Six or even like a Binary Domain has. Uh, I really, I, I, I don't know if it's like. Because the story isn't like good in this game, but just the vibe and aesthetic of it is so stupid and so dumb that I kind of like it. <laughs> like, like there's in the opening cutscene, there's this whole scene where a snow pirate is fighting an acrid, which are like the big uh, bug monsters in the game with the big orange glowing weak points. Um, yeah, you're fighting. He's fighting this acrid, and he's doing all these acrobatics and stuff, and he's using his grappling hook to like shoot its weak point and all this stuff, and he does all these things. Then the acrid like dies behind him and turns into ice and shatters, and then he just screams out loud for no reason as the camera pans away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like you have, if you ever seen someone who just like did a really strenuous activity and then they're done and they're just like. They they let out that frustrated yell. It was one of those. I was like, "What the fuck?" But it was it's so it's so stupid that I just found it funny. Um, but really, I'm enjoying Lost Planet for the gameplay primarily uh, because we we really don't get too many games like this. Because in a lot of games, you're fighting a lot of humanoid enemies, and the enemies that you're fighting are pretty much you know you know what they are. Um, even if even in Lost Planet Two, there are plenty of humanoid enemies to fight. But the ac- the acrid alien uh, species have they have so many forms. There's like a roly poly form that has one weak point on its entire body and the tail, so you have to wait till it stops rolling and then get behind it. Um, they have like these sharp, like two legged will ram you with their sharp heads type monsters, and then the only way you can kill them is to pop their heads off. Uh, and then they have, like I said, this big, the big boss that's the size of a parking garage. That's like a salamander type boss. Uh, and it has this, you know, has a bunch of different phases. Like I said, it has a bunch of different ways to attack you. It has ranged attacks. It can throw like spit or something at you and it does damage. Um, and then there's always a million ways to take these guys down where you can use your standard assault rifle. You can use your standard shotguns, but there's always going to be like, mega lmgs like the type of lmgs that are attached on the side of a mech you can take those off the mechs and just use them in your own hands and it feels powerful (laughs) it's really really cool um and yeah Yeah. i i yeah go ahead i remember uh when i first when the first one came out like 2007 i brought Mm -hmm. it i rented it from blockbuster and i was like oh man this is this is crazy i never i have never i have never played a game like this I don't think I ever will. Then I got introduced to Monster Hunter, which is basically yeah, a similar type of game. 
And I'm gonna be real with you. So many people during the stream, so many people are like, oh, this is just sci-fi monster hunter, which is definitely accurate, but not something I've thought of. <laughs> but yeah, it it I think that's what makes it kind of fun. Cause the thing in Monster Hunter, because I've played a little bit of Monster Hunter and I never really enjoyed it all that much, just because it's very it's one thing to be slow paced, it's another thing to be like. Because the thing about Monster Hunter, you, it's a lot of, yes, there are ranged attacks, like there's a bow gun and all this other stuff, but most of it is swords, maces, axes, that type of thing. You're trying to get in close on these giant monsters and like strike at their feet to do some damage. I like Lost Planet because everything's ranged, and yes, there are melee attacks, but that's not the point of the game. And you can you can like get into a mech and jet boost on top of the monster and shoot them in the head. Or you can find a very powerful weapon and like shoot off individual limbs. Like that's one thing I really like. Most of the bosses in this game, like you were talking about tentacles. This is one tentacle monster that we came up against where it had two main tentacles or actually two main like arms and then like six tentacles on both sides of their body. Kind of like a praying mantis type of setup. Think praying mantis. Think praying mantis with like centipede arms, but only like six of them. And you could shoot off all of its centipede arms, but it keep it would keep regrowing them. So we just kept shooting them off to do damage. And then it had a massive like eye on its corner. And if any of us were skilled enough, we could have grapple hooked onto its eye socket and like just shot into its eye socket just by holding on to the grappling hook. Um, and it's just that type of dynamic combat I really like. Where Monster Hunter, it feels like right, I'm just running around, just running around. And every now and then you'll have like a chance to do a cool acrobatic move with your axes. Cause I've seen some gifts like SUNY legend on Twitter. He'll, he makes some gifts of monster Hunter world that makes it look like the, uh, the most stylish action combat game of all time. Um, but when I see regular gameplay, it does not look like that at all. So I have to like temper my expectations, but um, yeah, overall I lost Planet two is just really fun and I'm probably going to get back into it at some point. Uh, the, the thing that was, kind of screwing us over while we were playing and this has happened several times because this was happening last night when i was trying to play apex legends with uh, mario as well uh but my connection has just been trash like i don't know what it is and i'm connecting to ethernet and everything uh, everything should be working and i never have problems but just the last two times when i'm trying to stream that's when i'm having issues so i kept getting disconnected from the lost planet 2 stream uh or from the servers that we were playing on and we had to keep restarting chapters and whatnot. So because of that, uh, Bless actually streamed this mega giant salamander boss I'm talking about. So you can see footage of that if you want to go to his Twitch channel, um, which now that I'm thinking about it, I'll try to include that in the uh, in the description here. Um, but yeah, by the but God, what was I saying? I just saw another thing pop up on my notifications that distracted me uh, from that Twitter thing that I said earlier. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll include a link on that if you want to see it, but I haven't beaten that boss myself yet. So I need to go back, beat that boss. And then maybe later down the line, we'll stream a little bit more and play some more of the game because, uh, it's really fun. And there's not a shooter out there that plays like Lost Planet 2 or really any Lost Planet game with the exception of three, because three is kind of where they just said, all right, it's just a regular shooter now. There's nothing super special about the gameplay, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more of Lost Planet 2. It is a good-ass video game. Um, and so, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. It, it kicks a lot of ass, I'll tell you that much. And it's free with Games for Gold right now if you have an Xbox. So get that right now. Um, 
so yeah, any Lost Planet 2 thoughts or you want to switch over to one of your twos that you've been playing? <laughs> I've always wanted to try Monster, uh, no, Monster Hunter. <laughs> I've always wanted to try Lost Planet 2 because I I just have a, a fondness for the first game. Yeah. So but, did you play all the way through the first game or is this like, oh, you just tried it back when it came out? I played up until the final boss hmm. and then I realized it was a mech. It was a mech <laughs> fight and oh. I and like thir- thirteen year old Alan was not good at mech fights. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the bulk of that of of Lost Planet too. It's a lot of well, it's 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 not as often mech on mech fights, but often you'll be asked to either get into a mech to fight something, or there will be a mech in the arena somewhere that you will have to fight. So you know, be aware of that. <laughs> yeah. Also, for the for people who don't have never touched. And uh, a uh, lost planet game. I don't know if they keep it if if they keep kept this for two, but with one, every single level had you had a boss battle. Like every single at the end of every mission was a boss battle. Hmm. I don't think that's the case for Lost Planet Two, but there were like we only played one chapter of the game. There were actually we played one episode. There are three chapters within that one episode, and we came across two boss fights. So whatever, however they're cutting it, there are still plenty of boss fights. I don't think it's every single level this time, though. But yeah, I, either way you cut it, it is very fun to, you know, destroy these bosses. It, I will say one big change between the first game and the second game, and I learned this from YouTube videos since I didn't play the first game. But uh, in the first game, because it's a snowy environment, you have this thing called thermal energy, and you use thermal energy to heal yourself, you use thermal energy to... Uh, to repair your mechs and whatnot. Uh, and you also use it to open up different chests that are dotted around these levels that have, you know, big mega weapons in there. Um, in the first game, that thermal energy would constantly tick down because it's the thing that's keeping you warm. Um, but you had to yeah. kill the, ac- the acrids and they would mm-hmm. release uh, thermal energy. Yep, exactly. Uh, and that's still the case here in this game. The only difference is because it's a nice tropical warm environment now your thermal energy isn't constantly ticking down uh unless like if you get hit by something and you don't immediately hold the button to use thermal energy to heal you will passively just heal over time but it will take away from your thermal energy so it's just controlling the speed with which you regenerate your health um but the thermal energy system i think is really cool and i definitely felt the pressure when uh especially when you die you lose all your thermal energy and it just like goes into a pool wherever you died so when you respawn you have to go back to that pool to get all your thermal energy and if you get smacked as soon as you're back you're like very close to like oh I, man i can't i can't heal myself at all like things are going to get problematic uh but it's very fun it's very very fun so you know i can only say I can only say so much about the game since I've only played. I think we played three hours in that stream. Um, so there's still plenty of game left, even though we did get a good chunk. But I'm looking forward to playing some more. Some good stuff. And now I'll talk about the game I've been playing. Yeah, go ahead, man. Speaking of another game that has been another sequel to a game that has been radically changed, sort of. Hmm. Uh, the Division 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one works. I didn't know where you were going with that one. Yeah, so huh. I... I only did like one mission, like one side quest, hmm, and okay. it was the the uh, quest to go into the National Archives and get retrieve the uh, Declaration of the Declaration. 
<laughs> I love that one. I remember all the uh, National Treasure jokes people were making. <laughs> yeah, the episode or the the artwork, the art I made for or whatever it was in Photoshop was just VG plays the the Division Two National Treasure Three. <laughs> oh boy, gotta love that. Did they not confirm that they're doing something National Treasure related, like for the near future? I feel like that was a tweet one day, or maybe I'm just crazy. I'm probably crazy. Anyway, <laughs> so I mean, what got what what led you to go back to Division Two? Is it just you wanted to see how it looked with the new PS5 update, or is oh, it no, the Resident I'm, Evil event? I was playing on PC. Oh, okay. So you already know how it looks. <laughs> yeah, I I honestly don't know why I'm still playing on PC, even though because like I can now like sort of have a I had I now have a better look at my TV, like a more easier. Like just roll my chair up, and I can just get a better, uh, like a wider view than my computer, uh, my uh, monitor. Okay, I hear you. But just for whatever reason, we're still. I mean, honestly, unless you want to start over, it's probably just safe to stay on PC. Because even though, all right, let me look this up just to make sure. Because back when Ubisoft Connect was first announced, um, here, let me type it out. Do you? I feel like it might just be me, but do you do the thing when when you're typing, you have to like say what you're typing, like because yeah, whenever I, yeah, yeah, whenever I type stuff, I notice myself like not able to talk while I'm typing because I'm focusing on the word I'm trying to type. Uh, Division two, yeah, there was when they announced Ubisoft Connect, which is like the whole, it's the whole system that makes sure you can have cross saves on Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Immortals and all that stuff and cross play through stuff like hyperscape and all that when they announced that they said that it that it was coming for the vision too but the thing is it's they said that it was going to support cross save but i haven't seen how you even move them over um yeah because there's this forum post here from fuck when is this from last year, from like October last year, that says Division 2 appears to be one of the games being moved over from Ubisoft Connect. That says me no support cross saves. And they have it listed under site that uh, the Division 2 is going to be one of the games supported. But nothing has changed. There's no cross saves yet. Um, and there's no way to... Apparently, as far as I know, there's no cross play either. So... I don't know what to make of this. Everyone was asking this question when the PS5 update came out. We were like, oh, does this mean we can move our, our things over? No, it doesn't. So if you're still playing on PC and you have a lot of you know equipment and just time saved up there, I don't see a reason to switch over yet unless you just want to play it on a you know more laid back place that isn't the PC. Yeah, it's very I'm, strange. I'm on the uh, Ubisoft forums right now. Yeah, you and might be on the same one I was. <laughs> Uh, Ubisoft Connect trans uh, transition for Div Two, now sports cross platform saves. There's just a bunch of text and everything, and there's like a little edit that says, "The answer is no." So yeah, I'll. I actually wouldn't mind starting over because my my agent looks a bit like Matt Peak. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a bad thing. No, no, it's it's fine because like on like with with Funhouse, you you only see he's he doesn't he doesn't really do much. Hmm. Okay. Aside from that, uh, mothers be aware. Just a little little big clip that I always love watching, where Sam mm. just like little like awkwardly dancing to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I might have seen like a gif from that video. 
it's not 300% clicking for me. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm familiar with who you're talking about now. I had to look it up because <laughs> I was like, Matt Pete, that name sounds familiar, but there's not a face in my head. And sure enough, uh, here he is. Um, but yeah, I feel you on that one. So, I mean, I'll ask this. Have you been enjoying going back to it? Because you haven't talked about it recently, so I don't know if you've been playing it that much since, you know, changes and the Warlords of New York have dropped and all that. I have not played Warlords of New York because from what I've from what I've been seeing, it it's very difficult. Really? Is it supposed to be challenging? I, I, I saw someone in the kind of funny group uh, just just say the so and so fight in Warlords of New York is bullshit. Well, honestly, they might have been they might have been playing it alone because I feel like a lot of the content in the Division Two is built for multiple players. Like, there's one boss fight in the main game that was just. It was like a heavily armored guy who was just running towards you like he was a berserker class, but it was a very small room and you didn't have a lot of opportunity to like to like shoot at him as he's running towards you because the room's so small. So I had a that was a big headache trying to get through that fight. And I, rem- I just did the fight again and it was super easy. So <laughs> it's like, God, I, I think it's just something to do with leveling structures and all that stuff. But mm, yeah, that game's definitely designed for more than one person. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, it wouldn't be that hard to find people to, like, people from of the staff to play with, because uh, Graydon has it. I'm pretty sure that Javon has it. Oh wow! And you know, I have it. Yeah, well, I do have it on PC. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I got it on PC too. Because I remember when it was, when it got when it was like pre-orders that went up, we we're like, mm-hmm. oh man, we're gonna play that. We're gonna play this so much. We never played it. <laughs> That's how it goes for a lot of these games, man. You find your one online game and all other 15 of the ones that you were ever interested in are just got tossed to the wayside. That's the sad fact of the matter. But yeah. I, I will I will say, though, I, I've been getting into Division 2 a little bit here and there. Um, I actually picked up Warlords of New York because it was 70% off on PSN. So, you know, I might run through that at some point. Once again, the fact that I just promised to play a bunch of ratchet and clank games kind of impedes a lot of other games to be playing on the side um but i am interested in giving it a shot uh the the new content because i really liked the base game back when i played it last year so uh yeah we'll we'll see what's going on with it uh in this ps5 update sometime yeah, soon i yeah because i saw Khalif adams mm-hmm. uh tweet, like tweeting about it like and a screenshot of how, how it looks and i'm like i gotta give that a try yeah, and there there was a bug when the when the patch first came out on PS5. It removed all of the volumetric fog, which was like a big selling point of the original uh, Division One at that point. Um, and so when they updated it, it was like, oh yeah, it's 4K 60, but something's off. And sure enough, it was the fact there was no fog for all the light to come through and to make it look all pretty and stuff. So it was very strange. But they fixed that uh, I think a couple days ago. So. I will go back and see how it looks with that new addition on. Um, and so, yeah, the division two, very, very good. Uh, was there anything else to say about the division two before we drop off? I'm so, I just want to say just to tease people, the last game that you've been playing, I'm surprised that's the game you've been playing the most of, but, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But is there any other division two things you want to say? Uh, not division two related, but Ubisoft as a whole related. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, they they love them some fog. <laughs> that is true. They do love them some fog. 
because um, we, uh, we could go as playing uh, the beginning of Far Cry 5. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I just, I was constantly, I was tweaking the HDR settings because like I could not, I was like, I literally cannot see at all. And it turns mm. out that that's just, I must have removed the, the beginning of that game from my head or from my memory because I had no idea that's how the game starts. Oh, you didn't realize there was that much fog and darkness? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's uh, that's a slightly infamous uh, infamous opening there. But, hey, now we know for the future. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that's another game. I, I mean, they did just announce, like, a FPS boost on Xbox. So, you know, it's cool to see that. But I would love to see PlayStation do something like that because I bought Far Cry 5 on PlayStation 4 a while ago. And I'd love to play that on uh on a higher frame rate on the new platforms. So yeah, they love their fog though. The games look really pretty with it. Um when speaking of actually not I was gonna say speaking of pretty, but speaking of fog, there's another game that I've been playing this week. I will say real quick, I'm not gonna talk about it this week because I've only played one match of it and there was no audio. But uh Knockout City, it's fun. I'll, I'll say it's fun. I can confirm that right now. I have nothing else to say about it until I've played more of it and maybe some with sound, but yeah, knockout city is fun. So I'm just going to say that before I get to this game, which is Alan Wake. I beat Alan Wake. Finally. Oh uh, yeah. I saw, I saw the tweet you put out. Yeah. About the, the commercials in the game. And like <laughs> the music is the in game music is blaring. Like it, it's like, you, we got to get out of here. And it's just like commercial commercials for Motorola. Yeah, exactly. It's the most bizarre thing. Like, if if one of the main things I took away from that game was just how 2013 it felt. Or actually, I don't think it came out in 2013. Uh, came out in 2010. Yeah, 2010. Thank you. It, it totally felt like 2010. Like, it, it just had that... Number one, it had that linear cinematic action game vibe the whole game where every time you got like a perfect dodge out the way, it would slow motion and just really hone in on the dodge. Um, every time, there were plenty of times where these shadow monsters would get really close to me and I'd pull out a flare at the last moment. And then it would have the cinematic shot of like Alan Wake just, you know how in Max Payne when he reloads and he does like the little circle, he spins around and reloads through his trench coat and all this stuff. Yeah. They do. I feel like they do that same animation with Alan Waite taking out a flare <laughs> where it goes into slow motion and it rotates around him just to be like, look at the lighting. And it's like, all right, dude, it's 2009 <laughs> or 2010. Let's let's chill. These graphics aren't all that nowadays, but it, it just felt very overall. I feel like the game, I don't want to say it was overhyped because no one told me this game was like the end all be all or like their favorite game of all time but a lot of people had like a soft spot for this game i can understand why they have a soft spot because the the story is weird and interesting um there's a little bit of a charm about this game that i kind of dig but god it just does not feel great to play it's just whew, it's just so i don't want to i don't want to say the combat's boring it's just super basic like you you could have just made a shooter if it was just a shooter that would have been fine but it's the fact that because they're shadow monsters it's oh you can't shoot you got to just aim just look at them shine the light on them until the shadows break and then you can shoot them for real 
And that is not a fun gameplay hook. Let me tell you. Because <laughs> you're just incentivizing people to just look in a direction. It's literally, they actually have the same mechanic in Alan Wake. But if you ever played an Uncharted game, especially Uncharted 1 through 3, and they have the little prompts that are like, hey, hold this button to look at this action event. Or actually, Gears of War does this too, where yeah. you'll get to... Yeah, you'll get close to a set piece and it'll be like, hold, click in the left stick and you'll zoom in on this action set piece is happening off screen. Like that type of stuff feels like what Alan Wake was built around. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was even going to with that with that setup. But uh, long story short, the game has a lot of that type of stuff in there where it's like, oh, look at all this stuff. Look at how much presentation we went into it. But check, the gameplay check, itself. Check out our version of Joe Pesci. Honestly, yes, and that was a. I don't even like that ver version of Joe Pesci because <laughs> you're talking about his friend, right? Yeah, when the game first came out, everyone was drawing that game. That character, that character got so much praise because, like, oh my god, they made Joe Pesci into a video game, or they made a video game <laughs> version of Joe Pesci. God, he 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 seems like more of a because Joe Pesci is like he's annoying, but I also feel like he's about that shit. Like, okay, let me say this right now. I'm not saying Joe Pesci himself is annoying, but all of his roles, all of his roles are like that type of guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm thinking home alone too. I'm thinking my cousin Vinny. Like if you didn't know Joe Pesci and you met Joe Pesci, you would be annoyed by him within like the first couple minutes with all of his characters. But Wait. I'm sure, you know, in real life, he's a good guy. Uh, have you seen casino? Oh, I haven't seen Casino. I've seen Goodfellas, not Casino, though. Watch Casino. It will change your perspective on Joe Pesci. And, oh. And, like, it's it's one of those movies. It's one of those movies where it is a timeless classic. And I think you... Have you ever seen the gifs? Or not gifs. The memes of, like, with Joe Pesci, where it's, like, an Italian watching pineapple on being put on pizza? Oh, no, I've never seen that gif. Well, if you look that up, that that gif is basically or not not a gif that meme that image is basically taken from casino huh i need to look that up it, i feel like that was on netflix at some point actually shit it's on prime it's on amazon prime it, no it's not on amazon prime i'll look it up i'll i'll add it to the list i i'll keep the tab open <laughs> but yeah that's definitely one i got to watch but yeah that character is definitely joe pesci esque just maybe a little bit more of an annoying little shit than joe pesci cuz i don't think of joe pesci as outright annoying but his character in this game he felt outright annoying to the point where i was like god can you just not be you <laughs> he, he just felt i don't know it just felt weird anywho um overall i thought like the characters were pretty strong like with the exception of that character even that character had a strong enough personality to where it was kind of fun seeing them interact with the others so you know it was kind of fun to watch them uh alan wake himself felt a little bit wooden but i like the sheriff like the female sheriff that helps you i like how much of a son of a bitch they made nightingale the fbi agent like yeah. they made him really easy to hate um all the residents of uh is night springs night is night springs the name of the show or is the place I'm pretty sure that's the name of the place alan yeah alan wake uh alan wake or night springs is the name of the show um well whatever the place that they're at <laughs> uh i was gonna say radiator springs holy fucking shit that's cars <laughs> oh my god um 
I forget what what the actual name of the city is called, but in the city, all the residents of that city are really nice to see and, you know, interact with. They're, they're just very lively personalities. But the story itself kind of left me on a downer note where I'm not going to say there wasn't closure because there was closure. Like things do reach uh, a conclusion. Bright Falls. Bright Falls. Thank you. Bright Falls. Jesus Christ. I don't know yeah. why that's. It's an yeah. homage to uh, Twin Peaks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That I did pick up on. Which yeah. The entire game is basically an homage to, to Twin Peaks. Yeah. Let me ask that. Because have you watched a decent bit of Twin Peaks at all? Uh, yes and no. I watched. I watched the pilot. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, shoot. And you're. Yeah. Everything I've seen. Everything I've seen since has been either out of context or just me. Just the memes. Okay. Um. Well, shoot. I. Here's my thing with the whole comparisons to Twin Peaks. I haven't watched too much of Twin Peaks, but I never got the vibe that Twin Peaks was an outright horror series. Like, I'm sure there were horrific things in some episodes, but I never got the vibe it was about being scared. Alan Wake feels like it's really, really, really trying to be a horror game. Like the whole darkness and shadows and all that stuff. And just the whole using all the tropes of horror games and the fact that he keeps saying, oh, I'm writing a horror story. Everyone will die. No one will survive if, if it's a horror story. So I have to rewrite it. Like, I never felt scared in Alan Wake. Like, playing that whole game, the only time I felt scared is when they, they do this a couple times where they're like, all right, Alan Wake is in another scenario. He fell out of a plane or something or he's on the run for the cops, or something's happening. He doesn't have guns in this level, but we're going to put a bunch of enemies down your throat anyway, so you just have to run away. And his he can't run for very long at all. Like His, his movement yeah. speed is already pretty slow, and then he can only run for like two seconds <laughs> before having to like stop and catch his breath. So those are the only times I felt scared, because it's like, oh, fuck, now I have to get through this combat challenge. And then they'll sometimes they'll put you into an arena where it's like, like there's this one sequence where you have to cross a bridge and there's a bunch of like giant metal crates there and metal bins and stuff. And then they get possessed and launch themselves at you to try and kill you. But you don't have a gun. You have to just shine your light on these objects until they disappear. But that is such a tedious process. And I'm sitting there terrified. Like, am I going to have enough time to shine light on this thing before it decides to just launch itself at me? Those were the parts I felt scared, but none of the actual story beats. None of the actual, there weren't any jump scares even, I don't think. Like, there just wasn't really a chance for me to get scared, but it just kept insisting it's a horror game, it's a horror game. And that's that kind of annoyed me by the time I got to the end, especially with the ending. They tried to do the horror thing where it's like, oh, it's all, it's a happy ending. But is it? But, like, that kind of undercut the ending that you just gave me. Because without spoiling it, there is resolution at the end, but not in a very clean way. It, it leaves a lot. It leaves a lot to be desired. Really, it, it makes me question. Now, I will say that ending kind of gives me maybe not hope, but it does make me think. Okay, if that's how it ended, because it seems like they ended it in a way that they were expecting to make a sequel pretty quickly, um, and clearly that didn't happen. But we're getting well, this control DLC. Yeah, let's say the control DLC that sort of adds more to the story. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking that might be the thing because I I really only played this game to get context for that control DLC because I'm going to play that DLC at some point. Um, but it just I don't know. I, I thought I was 
as a standalone product, Alan Wake is fine. I, I don't want to say it's outright bad, but it just has enough flaws to where I'm like, man, I wouldn't outright recommend this. But to see, because I was played Control first and then played this, I'm interested to see the parallels. Like I was reading, I was reading uh, Alan Wake through the lens of Control, so I'm very excited to see how it ties into that universe and how it can maybe expand the universe a little bit. Because without spoiling too much, if you if you've played the games, then you'll know what I'm talking about. But in my opinion, I think that Alan Wake, either the story he was writing, that manuscript, either that thing is a, an altered world event or something, or an object of power, either that object is an object of power, or he himself has some divine ability to, like, he himself is somehow an object of power, and the stories that he writes comes true. So like he, some so, something so he's, like that. He's Sam Lake. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, he's just a Sam Lake analogy. And the weird thing is, not only were they very like pointed about like, oh, this like Alan Wake is based very directly off of Sam Lake himself. Like he he just got done writing a bunch of because uh, Alan Wake himself was like, yeah, I wrote a bunch of crime stories, and he doesn't have a lot of luck with women, and <laughs> all the women in his life seem to die, and you know th that whole series was about sadness and darkness and stuff and then now i'm writing something new and it's like okay this is like too direct and then they have a cutscene in the game or it's not even a cutscene. there's a tv show that you can watch where alan wake in universe is on a talk show talking about his book and the other person on the couch next to him in the talk show is sam lake <laughs> I mean, and literally it's so I, weird i i can i can easily i can very well see this because like alan wake sam lake I mean, yeah, it's it's one for one comparison, but like it's just so so weird. It, I mean, this is Remedy. I'm starting to get used to a little bit of how Remedy works, and there are also QR codes that you can scan throughout the game that just that just shoot out Max Payne memes, <laughs> like from Remedy's website, and it's the weirdest shit in the world because I scanned it with my phone and I was like, oh, it's just a like a it looks like a 2003 Max Payne two meme. Like, what the fuck is this? Uh, is very strange um but in any case yeah that's that's what i think about alan wake i feel like i talked about alan wake way longer than i actually have strong feelings on <laughs> but it's an interesting game man I'll it's, it's say, peculiar i'll say my experience with alan wake or my experience how you said you how you basically wanted like a, a little bit of a non-linear path mm -hmm. like from control to alan wake i, I went from uh Alan Wake to Quantum Break, then Control. Oh my God! So I've I've been going in in the chronological, linear way. Has that been treating you better? <laughs> well, I I mean, the last time I played the last time I played Alan Wake was when I when I released it eleven years ago, or no, Wait. close to uh, close to eleven years ago. Huh. So I think it came out in I think it came out in May twenty ten. Oh boy, yeah, that that actually makes sense. That lines up still <laughs> that's a I mean, that's an interesting I order i haven't finished control mm -hmm. you should it's a good game i know i know i just really i kind of want i have been, i've been itching to try or to re give quantum break another chance you know what i can understand that and honestly it feels like just from what i've been seeing gameplay wise and from reviews at the time i feel like quantum break is the perfect between point from alan wake to control gameplay wise like you can tell that they wanted to have some abilities and stuff here 
but the shooting and everything still looks and feels a little bit too much like Alan Wake. Um, at least that's what I'm guessing by looking at it. Uh, it still looks like it's fun. Like I said, Alan Wake, it's fun. It's just, you know, it kind of hinders itself as a shooter because you have to melt all the shadows off these people before you can shoot anything. But um, I think Quantum Break might be a good one to go back to if you have like 100 gigs for the high definition 4K video. <laughs> that is on that game because i actually have it on pc and i tried downloading that thing i was like shit that's like half my terabyte out here so <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens with that one but yeah any other did you have any other alan wake thoughts before i ask about this atrocity that you've been playing how, how dare you call it an atrocity all right i'm only being sarcastic i'm just being salty because when playstation when ps i love you xoxo did their bracket of game series to bring back they killed playstation all-stars early on just so parasite eve can fucking live on and it's like and here's the thing neither of them played parasite eve like they've never touched the franchise but they someone in the chat said yo what if kojima made a new parasite eve and they loved the idea so much that every other game lost and i was like god i hate this fucking channel <laughs> I was really upset those two days when I was thinking about that. I was like, fuck you guys. Because <laughs> I don't even hate Kojima, but now I'm never playing his games out of spite. <laughs> I mean, with it, yeah, with all the that rumor talk about uh, Bloober. Oh, yeah, Bloober and Silent Hill. Yeah, I could see. I, I actually, I honestly could see uh, Kojima working on Parasite, uh, Parasite Eve game, like a reboot. Mm. I and, I and yes, no. listeners, that's the game. I'm I haven't been playing Parasite Eve one. I've been playing Parasite Eve two. Yeah, <laughs> and not yeah. Just, so not just on a PS3 on my Vita. Oh, okay. You really throwing it back, Lord have mercy. Now, what what has led you to even get to Parasite Eve two? Is this is this influence from Josh? <laughs> no, this is actually an influence from the best friend Zaibatsu. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, they did an LP. Uh, Pat and Wooly did an, uh, an LP of it like five, six years ago. Hmm. And right. I kind of liked, I liked the look of it. It, 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 it looks, it looks, it reminded me a bit of Resident Evil 2, like gameplay wise. Yeah. Like the and, original Resident Evil 2, right? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, no, no, no. The 2019 version. <laughs> Third person ultra graphics, PlayStation 1. Gotcha. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm, and the thing is, I I I put I put put a uh, question out in the kind of funny group, basically mm -hmm. just asking if anyone had any uh, any places I could look for cheap Vita games, since every every place I look has either has them for either seven hundred dollars hmm. or God, just not available at all. Uh, a a best friend pointed me in the direction of a cert a, a certain um way to crack the ps the, the vita oh okay so that's how you're playing this no oh. the, the <laughs> firmware i'm i'm past the suggested firmware ah uh, damn so i just so i was looking it up and like no i can't do that so i'm just gonna play parasite eve 2 uh, <laughs> and i've never played parasite eve 1 as well so it oh wow you really jump into the deep end on this one yeah and jesus christ I literally have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I mean, you've played it. You said this is the game you've played most, even if it is only about half an hour. But are you enjoying that time, considering you've given the most time to it? Yeah. Like, okay. 
like you enjoying the narrative or is it the gameplay like what exactly is tickling your fancy here uh it's a mix of the gameplay and the narrative okay i enjoyed the i enjoyed the way they actually i really like the way they handle uh aiming and everything oh the the gunplay just having it having a square b and like a lock on oh okay so there is a lock on so it's not too super awkward like i was imagining and then there's obviously the magic magic uh, magic points mm-hmm. i did run into some problems some tech problems yeah so i aya who's the uh, main protagonist okay she she would go she would i direct her into certain areas and she would just start automatically like auto firing okay that's convenient yeah so like i i stepped into a uh, electrified pool unknowingly because the controls are a little jank on vita um anyway yeah sorry about that had a little bit of technical hiccup there but we're back on to it hopefully craig will not kill itself mid-recording um so yeah as you were saying al uh where did i leave off before the tech problems I'm pretty sure it was how Parasite Eve had controls that were a little bit like there was a lock on with square. Yeah. So in the beginning, in the, in the beginning of the game, like after the preamble of or after the after like the the here's what happened in the first game. Mm-hmm. There's a tutorial where you press square to lock on to different to different uh, targets, which I yeah. thought this would actually be this is a great way to control the game. Okay, that's a good sign. And like the the numbers appear, like the hit point numbers, they appear like if the the area you start the game in, which is like a a a rooftop of some place. Mm-hmm. There were enemies that I didn't that were off screen, and the only reason I knew they were there is because I would see like I press square, press uh, the shoulder button, and would see like twelve or fifteen hit like just right near it hmm okay now that was possible and there are certain there was there are certain enemies that i just that just freaked me out even though it's been when did parasite eve 2 come out i want to say 98 i don't know why i'm confident in that but i want to say 98 i'm gonna look it up real quick i'll curse my my bing algorithm with (laughs) parasite eve information uh Oh shit, 99. Okay, I was close. Got a 6.9 from IGN. <laughs> but yeah. Man, you're really you're really salty about this. <laughs> I am. I, I have no reason to be. Well, actually, I yeah, I have reason to be, but it's not a good reason. <laughs> oh boy. Pe- people can like Parasite Eve if they want to, but I'm just gonna be spiteful about it until PlayStation All-Stars 2 gets announced and risen and here's the thing. If I get All-Stars 2, if that ever happens before I die then I don't care about Parasite Eve anymore. Like, I have no feelings at all towards it, but now it's going to be negative until I get what I want. <laughs> uh, bl- blame Greg Miller and Blessing Jr. I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to get off my high horse on that. Um, so yeah, it sounds like you're enjoying Parasite Eve too, a-, a decent bit, right? Yeah, I'm enjoying it more than I did Resident Evil 3, like original. Okay. I think both both those games came out around the same time. Yeah, definitely. Within a year or two. Yeah. And there's it's not like Resident Evil 3 where there's a, a normal, hard, or easy assisted mode. Yeah. It's, is it a little bit different than... Well, how so is it different? Do you know? Uh, there's no difficulty options for Parasite Eve 2. Oh, God. 
that might be well i was gonna say that's bad for accessibility but i know this is the 90s which i'm sure people didn't care and even know about it at the time and simply just to wrap this up i enjoyed what i played i'm gonna try to i may watch the best friends lp to try to get it like figure out what i'm supposed to be doing okay because i'm just lost the entire i I was lost for for like half half of the time i played it oh boy well and and i will mm -hmm. say as as everyone knows or everyone who listens to the our podcast know i'm horrible with puzzles (laughs) <laughs> yeah you've talked about that a lot the first pu- the first big puzzle in parasite of two is uh like finding out which there are two there are two keyholes and you yet one there's you get a blue key and a red key mm-hmm. and you're like how am i supposed to figure out which key like is for which one it's a color test oh no so it's like uh green and blue green and green and uh another another color green what blue or no it's basically the colors that make oh when you mix them together mix them together makes blue oh my god (laughs) so i know it it." and i just i felt i felt like the smartest man in the the room (laughs) well that's encouraging then hopefully it stays simple like that but i'm thinking like green what colors make because when you said green and blue i immediately thought blue green but i don't think that's what it's asking for I think it's asking for like yellow and blue or something. Yellow and blue. Okay, that's it. Yeah. God, I color testers. So that's such an archaic thing. I haven't seen a, a test of skill like that in a long time. Even I, I I've never mentioned this, but the puzzles in uh what Immortals Phoenix Rising can be a little bit rudimentary like that, but even those don't call for colors. Like that is old school and not accessible at all. Holy shit. If you're colorblind, you're kind of screwed there. Hmm. Well, I guess that's fun. Uh, well, enough about that trash ass game. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let me stop being mean for no reason, because people are going to actually be upset if I continue this. Um, but enough about what we've been playing this week. Uh, let's talk about the topic at hand. The topic of the week is the Nintendo Direct that we direct direct that we had this week. Um, you guys have probably already heard about it, but if you haven't heard about it, Nintendo released their first direct in, I think 520 days, something like that. Uh, and people were not happy about it. Uh, long story short, there were some highlights in there. Um, you had some big stuff in there, like Splatoon three got announced at the very end, uh, Skyward Sword, the Wii version of Zelda, uh, that's going to be coming out in a remaster with button controls finally, uh, on switch this June. And, you know, Apex Legends got some gameplay shown, which I'm excited about. Knockout City got shown, which I'm excited about. You also got Triangle Strategy and, you know, Monster Hunter Rise. There's stuff in there for people. But people were left pretty disappointed and pretty salty about what went on. And so we wanted to go through. We're we're not, this isn't necessarily going to be looking at all the announcements of the Nintendo Direct. But we want to look at some other uh press conferences that have happened, some other, you know, video presentations that have happened and just look at what they did right and what elements they had that this Nintendo Direct did not have. Um and I'm going to go ahead and start it off real quick with uh making a reference to something from the one that I have. So we both have a press conference. Two of us have different press conferences that we're going to pull from and I'm going to pull an aspect from mine which is the E3 2015 Sony press conference. Uh, This is, of course, the one 
that was kind of the year of dreams one. It's the one where they re-revealed the last guardian and said it was finally coming out. They showed out, what was it? Shenmue three for the first time ever, maybe, or it was just re-revealed. Um, and nobody was expecting that. And they also showed off uh, final fantasy seven remake for the first time. Uh, and everyone was excited about that as well. And of course, that ended up being a great game. Honestly, I'm so surprised that game ended up being good. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember mm-hmm. watching the uh, kind of funny reaction, like reactions, and just him losing his mind. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they were just like their whole heads were exploding all at once. But yeah, man, I, I can't believe that all this stuff, you know, all this stuff was patented at just this press conference, and on top of like way smaller things there was an uncharted 4 demo which is crazy that there was an uncharted 4 demo and we don't we barely remember it and i think that was the same demo where like the controller wasn't working so they had to restart the demo do you remember this yeah i think so yeah and (laughs) i think they actually have a trophy in uncharted 4 for if you stand still at that checkpoint just like in the presentation they give you a trophy for it so I think I may need to go back and unlock that one because I'm pretty sure I don't have it. But anyway, they showed off a lot of stuff in here. And that's the thing that I want to point to in this in this one. I think a lot of people like this press conference because and I think we'll do we'll go back and forth with about two or three of these. But I think a big thing. Oh, boy. I did not mute my it, phone. It wouldn't be a uh, without this happening. Yep. And it's and it's my job calling. So and I'm supposed to be off today. Sorry, I had to walk away to go get my phone to mute it. But I'm supposed to be off today, so I I know they're trying to call me in, and I ain't about to answer that right now because I got plans. Um, But anywho, I think a big reason that people like this press conference is not just because it had big hits. It's, yeah, they had Shenmue. Yeah, they had Final Fantasy. Yeah, they had The Last Guardian. But it's the fact that they had big things for everybody. Like... I don't play Shenmue. I don't I don't care about Shenmue. And I've said before that I don't care about Final Fantasy. But The Last Guardian is a really big fucking deal to me. So, you know, that's really the big thing that I was surprised and excited about from this press conference. You you look at the press conference that Nintendo had or the Nintendo Direct that Nintendo had. And I understand there's only so much you can do. Um, but in the case of like they have so many franchises that we know about uh metroid prime you know metroid prime 4 has been announced a long time ago bayonetta 3 was announced a long time ago breath of the wild 2 was announced last year or actually 2019 so like we know they have all these pots on the stove they just don't want to take any of them off and it's really frustrating to only get like as far as big megaton announcements there you got triangle strategy okay you have splatoon 3 okay and you have Skyward Sword, I think they would consider a big announcement, but I wouldn't consider that a big announcement. If anything, that's a bit of a disappointment compared to the Zelda games people actually wanted. Um, And I know there are people that like Skyward Sword. I want to put that out there. Skyward Sword is not a bad game, but it's definitely not the game that most people wanted. So I just want to put that out there. So yeah, I feel like that's the thing where if you're going to, if you're going to have mega ton announcements, you got to pull from you got to have big things for everybody. Where in this one, it felt like there were only big things for one, maybe two people. 
Um, like I said, I came away pretty happy because I got uh, White Knight, that game from Annapurna. Uh, the first-person shooter looks like Quake Movement type the game. Uh, that's card-based for some reason. Uh, that game looks cool, and I've already been talking about Knockout City. I think Knockout City looks cool, but those are like low-key announcements. I didn't have anything super exciting, and a lot of Nintendo fans, I'm not even a Nintendo fan, but the hardcore Nintendo fans didn't really have anything too exciting because, you know, Splatoon 3 is cool, but no Zelda, no Metroid, no Bayonetta. Like, you know, where are those at? So that's that's one aspect that I think they were missing. Uh, now, I know you have a completely different press conference to pull from here, Al. So uh, what what's, what's an aspect of that conference that you really liked that wasn't here for this Nintendo Direct? Uh, so mine was the 2014 uh, Nintendo Direct or Nintendo Digital event. Yeah, yeah. Whatever they called it back then. <laughs> yeah, which was famously uh, known for having the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the robot chicken type. Oh, yeah. Um, that was weird as shit. I remember that vaguely. Or it, like, they had, like, Reggie has that interaction with the with the game journalist, quote unquote. Mm, like, okay, yes. <laughs> like, come on, Reggie, give us Mother 3. And he just inha inhales the uh, the fire flower and just like like incinerates the guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> is that something that you wish this this Nintendo Direct had? Just a little bit more, you know, entertainment value. Yeah, obviously. Um, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the the uh, uh, Steve Kim put something oh. on, on Twitter a while a, a few days ago. Where it was mm -hmm. basically Austin Austin Walker saying, "Why call it, or if they don't call it, if they don't call it Splatoon three, Splatoon three. <laughs> Ew. Uh, how how are they doing it like the Fear three style? Uh, no, like not Splatoon, but Split, like the way it's traditionally spelled. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that works. Jeez, I don't know what's up with that. Okay, so. This and how how long was the recent most recent direct? Uh, it was fifty minutes long. The Nintendo E3 2014 digital event was like forty six minutes, and they announced Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. They announced uh, Splatoon, ironically. Yeah, the, the first Splatoon. <laughs> yeah, the first one. Jeez. Uh, and and Mario Maker, just to name a just name a few. And yeah, they all good. they also announced things like uh, a big a little, a little thing called Amiibos. Wait, this is the first time they showed amiibos? Yeah. Fuck, okay. And I'm on, on game I'm on GameSpot right now like that's where I got I am searching for the information. And according to and I know it's from 2014, but Nintendo's take on Skylanders is called Amiibo. And it's just amazing that <laughs> their take on Skylanders. <laughs> and how amiibo, amiibos have like take risen yeah, and and Skylanders are no longer a thing. Yeah, I, exactly. Like the fact that they frame it in that way is just hilarious to me. But this was this uh, this digital event was sort of Nintendo getting ready for what they'd be known for 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 the coming for the foreseeable future. Whether it was uh, Mario Maker becoming a huge, exploding in popularity, or Amiibos becoming the most dominant Skylander esque tool yeah toys to life type toys of life, item yeah. yeah yeah it's it's definitely 
interesting to see that. I, I feel like a big a big factor of this specific presentation is that they started they're announcing something that's actually going to change the game that's actually substantial. Like just thinking about it, uh in this most recent direct, there's nothing in there that's like completely revolutionarily new. Like I will say Considering how we know how stubborn Nintendo can be about certain things, the fact that we're even getting Skyward Sword with button controls is kind of incredible. <laughs> like, just that alone is like, wow, Nintendo's not screwing over people with their accessibility or their lack thereof. So, you know, that's really cool. Um, and the fact that they adapted all the hallmarks of that control scheme into a different one, I think that's pretty neat. But overall, nothing in there is of consequence. Even like Mario Golf. Like, no one's going to be sitting here at the end of the year saying Mario Golf is their game of the year. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I, actually, I, I get actually, mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of I've been looking at it recently. I've been looking at videos of it. Yeah. And it looks I'm kind of my interest is peaked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it looks fun. It looks like it's going to be a good game. But none of the Mario sports games have ever been, been like in that conversation. Exactly. Like, like critical successes. Exactly, exactly. None of them have. And I'm wondering, you know, I don't think this new one's going to be. Uh, I don't think Skyward Sword. I have a feeling Skyward Sword people are going to like. Because here's the thing. People complain. Everyone's going to buy the Skyward Sword remake or reboot or I, uh, remaster. <laughs> I have something to say about Skyward, Skyward Sword. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So the game came, Skyward Sword came out, what, 2010, 2011? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, we, we era. I... I tried, but uh, back when the game came out, I was recovering from my two my two spinal fusions. Ah, uh, oh yeah, that might have been hard to play then, huh? Well, I was, I was in a, uh, I was in a back brace, for for my t the time I was home. Mm hmm. And I eventually got to a point where I was like, I don't need any, I don't need this anymore. I can comfortably sit down without being in aching pain. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. And I decided that I wanted to try Skyward Sword because at the at the E3 conference, the way that Shigeru Miyamoto, just the joy, overall joy in his, that he had for for that game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was very enthusiastic about it. I remember him being on stage, really going ham for these motion controls. And so I I had to like this is back when I back when I still had a Wii, mm -hmm. and I had to I had to buy the Wii Motion Plus attachment. Only what I only what I didn't know was I had purchased a Chinese Wii Motion Plus. How? How? <laughs> uh, Amazon. They don't. Jeez. Amazon circa 2011. That is horrible. <laughs> and God, I, I feel bad for you. Yeah. So like I'm trying to I'm in, I'm in my room trying to play the game and I, I think it was either it wasn't working or the, it was the battery for it was very, very short. So I, I was playing the game first encounter, like first, first set of gameplay on the, on the, on the ground mm -hmm. and immediately dies. Like the <laughs> Wii Motion Plus. And I'm like, God damn. What, what does this mean now? So God. then when the Wii U came out or ever since 2013, 2014, I have been trying to find a way to play Skyward Sword to the point where I bought it on Wii U. Oh, Poor baby. <laughs> Along with uh, the the Metroid games or Metroid Prime games. Yeah. And I, it's not that I don't know what to do. It's just that I feel defeated. 
What do you feel? You, are you saying you feel defeated now that they released or they're about to release this remake and everything? Or is it more just like, damn, you worked all this, you worked so hard just for it to be released anyway? Both, because <laughs> every every time I I I buy a like a an old version, like an old game that hasn't been re released, a little a little later, a little bit after I buy it, it'll end up getting getting re released. Uh, same thing happened with uh, Red Faction when they put out the uh... remastered. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that one's unfortunate. And I'll I'll actually be honest with you. I had a very similar thing happen with me and uh, Ninja Gaiden Sigma Two because <laughs> I I bought it on sale. If not last year, I bought it in like one of those GameStop sales where it's like, ah, oh, you get use games from old generations you can get like 12 of them for five dollars or something silly like that so i was like you know what i'm gonna buy a bunch of games that i've been interested in but never got around to sig and ninja guide sigma 2 is one of them bought it just sat on it haven't gotten to it yet and here they are announcing the collection on modern consoles so i was just like well here that here goes that so i'm probably just gonna wait on it but yeah, yeah i feel you speaking of ninja guide sigma 2 when everyone was talking about like, oh man, it's gonna be so great. I'm like, I have this installed on my Vita. <laughs> you know, I almost bought it on Vita, but I can't find it for because I'm not paying forty dollars oh, to no, play a Vita I, game. I didn't buy it on Vita. It was free for uh, PS Plus. Oh yeah, the first one. Yeah, you're right. Uh, was the second one ever free on Vita? I don't know. I don't think it was. I'm gonna check that right now because if it was free, then I would own it because I've had. I've had a Vita the entire time PlayStation Plus has been a thing. So let me sign on. Oh, wait. No. Did they take down the old version of the PlayStation Store? Fuck. Oh, no. There used to be a workaround where you could get to the old version of the PlayStation Store that still had PS3 and Vita games and stuff. But I clicked the link and it doesn't work anymore. God damn it. <laughs> now I have to look it up the old-fashioned way. Um, anywho. Uh, so, yeah. I, I think... Hopefully, you know, they won't screw us with any more remakes of games that we already acquired. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Um, what was I thinking? There's another thing that I was thinking of. Oh, for the for the next thing that I want to point to. And I feel like this is this kind of goes contrary to the last thing that I said about this E3 uh, 2015 press conference from Sony. But a big thing about the Sony press conference is that so much time had passed for the last guardian people assumed the last guardian was dead because we there was just no talking about it and you know there were other games coming out that people started to care about more than the last guardian to the point where that just fell by the wayside so then when it got re-revealed here it was a shock and it was a surprise and it was a pleasant surprise uh for final fantasy 7 remake no one everyone had asked for it but it became people were asking for it to the point where it became like a meme so no one expected it to actually happen and Shenmue 3 is another one where it's like we would all want it but like is that ever going to actually happen you know like these were like dream type things where people didn't have expectations that they were ever going to be there because it had been so long since we had heard of them or so long for the window for these things to happen to still be within um I think that Nintendo is kind of in a rock and a hard place with this because for all of their big franchises like, let's say Metroid is their last guardian, Breath of the Wild is their Shenmue, uh, and what Bayonetta 3 is their uh, 
what's the last one final fantasy 7 remake they can't they don't have so much time in between these announcements to where our expectations have been killed um bayonetta 3 was still recently talked about since i want to say like 2018 it's the last time we've heard something about bayonetta 3 apologies for yawning there um yeah i feel like it's been a long time since we heard about bayonetta 3 but not so long to where the hope has died out completely um and plus we're still getting updates from platinum they say the game's going fine and they're not quite sure why news has been so quiet on it and then metroid we did just hear we got the update from metroid about two years ago or a year or two ago that uh development wasn't going quite as smoothly as they wanted to so they're giving it to i think is it retro studios the guys who made tropical freeze uh retro retro who made also who made the, the, the original trilogy Okay, yes, they did make the original trilogy. So they're they're giving the game to them to finish it up. And wait, so wait, wait. Mm-hmm. who who was working on four? I think it was some nebulous internal Nintendo developer or maybe a third party that they were working with. I'm not sure who was working on four originally. I know uh, it's well, retro I'll, now. I'll, I'll look this up. Yeah, while you look that up, I'll I'll try and get the point out. Um I just feel like time has not is not on their side for this one people were already expecting the whole world because it had been a year and a half since the last nintendo direct and in that time people's expectations and their minds were allowed to wonder and all that time i feel like they could have either two things should have happened with this with this nintendo direct either when you say all right we have a nintendo direct we're going to be focusing on just the first six months and we're going to be talking about smash you probably should have also added in like a following tweet or something Hey, no updates on it, Metroid, no updates on Bayonetta, no Etroid, no updates on Breath of the Wild 2. Because when you do, especially with Breath of the Wild 2, when you do it the way that they did it, where you have, I, I forget, is it no Nomura? It's some the guy who works on Zelda. When he oh, pops up IG, IG Ianuma. Oh, thank you. Thank you. When when he pops up on screen and everyone sees the Zelda logo, everyone's ready for Breath of the Wild. And there will be a good three seconds there before you can say no Breath of the Wild news, people will be like, all right, it's Breath of the Wild time. You probably should have put a tweet out first that says no Breath of the Wild news. So then when he pops up, instead of him saying no news today, but here's a consolation prize, it's instead a, oh, I didn't think we were getting any Zelda news, so we're going to get something Zelda related. So it's more exciting. It's more substantial that way. I feel like there you have you have to set these expectations accordingly. Um, where in <laughs> at the PlayStation E3 conference here, they had so much in that conference. They had Horizon Zero Dawn gameplay for the first time. They had that Uncharted 4 demo like we had talked about. There were already things to be excited about to where if, La- if Last Guardian didn't come back, if Shenmue didn't come back, if Final Fantasy didn't come back, this still would have been a solid conference and i don't think anybody would have been disappointed i think we all would have been super happy all of those other things were cherries on top of the cake but for nintendo it seems like everyone was expecting the cherries we were all expecting the cherries on top of that cake and or i guess sunday whatever you want to say um and you know they we didn't get any of them and and they didn't say hey there won't be any cherries on this sunday they just said hey we we're putting out a Sunday. There might be cherries. There might not be. You, you got to tell us what we're about to eat before we eat it, or else we'll be disappointed in the meal. So yeah, uh, that analogy you, got weird, but there you go. Disappointment. Yeah, uh, it was Bandai Namco who was originally working on 
metric wow. time for. <laughs> that makes a, no wonder there might have been some issues there. I, I bet I bet whatever Bandai Namco was working on was not bad. I think Nintendo has been burned with other M so harshly. <laughs> Because uh, no one, I feel like Other M isn't a bad game, but like the fans hate it. And I feel like that's a blight on Nintendo's legacy in some ways. So I feel like they're very much so going to give that to a developer who's going to do exactly it in within their specific specific parameters of what they want with that franchise. Because Namkai Bando, yeah, I could see them fucking that up. <laughs> yeah, no disrespect I, to them, but you know. I remember when uh, Other M came out, uh, It was I think it was listening to Game Scoop. Mm-hmm. And Greg did uh, he, out of nowhere. He just goes, "Remember me?" Is <laughs> like, I just gotta say, if listeners, if you're not, if you have not heard any, if you don't listen, experience Greg Miller on GameScoop back when he was at IGN, I highly recommend you do it. It's really good. He was a ball of energy to the point of slight concern. Yeah, I once messaged uh, Damon Hadfield on Xbox Live right after the. Right after the first uh, drunk episode, and I think 08. Yeah. And I was like, uh, please do more episodes uh, with Greg, where Greg is drunk. And then they did Podcast Beyond and the infamous PlayStation Network coming back episode, where after the outage for like three months, like Jesus Christ, that, that episode was special. And then there was the uh, Greg Miller calls Sony online or Sony uh, hotline. Yeah. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Good God, there's a lot of classic memories in there, but um, whew. but outside of that point, yeah, I just feel like if Nintendo is going to make a press conference where they're not going to have that many big things, just take, just set the expectations right. That way we won't go in thinking the whole world. And, you know, with E3, ha- something that did before now happen every year, you know, our expectations can only go so high. And if they say, hey, we're not doing a if we have one bad year, you can always come back the next year. Like there's an expectation set there, but for these Nintendo directs, because there's such a big gap in between them, people's expectations just shot through the roof. And so that irregularity can hurt you too. Um, Maybe honestly, this might be a bad advice, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Maybe if they just had a couple of kind of crappy directs, a kind of, you know, not direct minis, because they've had some direct minis that people have been, you know, iffy on but if they had some some mm -hmm. par ones to balance it out exactly that way no one's expecting the world every time it's a full direct they can you know be prepared for some disappointment here and there so yeah it's a whole fucking thing i it's unfortunate but it is what it is um so yeah that's my whole standpoint on that one uh is there what else do you have on the uh did you have any other comparisons you wanted to make to the e3 2014 one yeah, uh, with the, I, yeah, go ahead with the digital event. Aside from uh, Breath of the Wild, which at the time wasn't even Breath of the Wild, it was just a, a new the new Legend of Zelda game. Yeah, <laughs> they the only the real the only big announcements were like five games. That's true. And one like obviously it was uh, Splatoon, uh, Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker, Mario Maker, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, and Legend of Zelda. Hmm. It's very so, true. Even then, like with their big guns, or with their big like, if if they have at least one or two of their big guns, hmm. they're gonna get they're gonna get praise. But because they had that, there was there there wasn't much. Like, would you would you consider Splatoon to be one of their new rising guns? 
I say Splatoon is a big gun, but it's still very much so a niche in the same way that not every Animal Crossing is probably their biggest franchise, but even then, not everyone loves Animal Crossing. Um, and you could say the same thing for like uh, Fire Emblem, where that's a big deal, but not everyone likes Fire Emblem. Or Pikmin is also in there. I feel like Zelda, Mario, and Metroid are like the three universally loved franchises, but everything else is kind of like, eh. As far as excitement goes, I know I know Animal Crossing sells more than all of them damn near, but as far as like excitement in a press conference, there's only so many people that are going to be like, oh my God, Tom Nook, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and the, the announcements from the digital event were things like, were either 3DS things, like uh, Super Smash Brothers on 3DS being pushed back, mm-hmm. um, Bayonetta 1 being included with Bayonetta 2. Yep, and that was exciting. And then it's there been... was uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Oh yeah, that's an, that's another one. That's something we're facing the repercussions of even today with the direct that happened. Character from it is in the next game. And but yeah, yeah, everything was either something something new or, or something new, something far off, sort of sort of far off. Mm-hmm. And in terms of Zelda, yeah, certainly. But they still it... had things. They still had things there that people could enjoy and get spend lose lose themselves in like mario maker mm-hmm. yep stuff that was fairly imminent too that's the thing like mario maker i think came out if not that year it came out pr- within the year of this direct um and yeah like treasure tracker was pretty soon splatoon was pretty quick uh zelda's the only one that was like way far along but i feel like a big another big thing looking at your looking at this this presentation from them is that in this 2014 e3 presentation damn near everything in that presentation was nintendo related exclusively where it's all of their franchises it's all of their games i know bayonetta is like originally a platinum thing but they took it over it is now published by them that is a nintendo series as far as i'm concerned and it's just talking about a lot of stuff that they're doing exclusively for 45 minutes and in a 50 minute uh nintendo direct that we had the other day there were what i could count on one hand the number of nintendo specific announcements that happened in that press conference and everything else was just filler of random things where i know i like knockout city but i also know that i am in the minority of people who really dug the idea of knockout city there were a bunch of random indies in there which is not to say that it's bad but like people are only gonna pop for an indie if it's specifically their shit like (laughs) if it was a like the strategy game that popped up from square enix the triangle strategy that is cool and everything but people aren't gonna pop for that as hard as you know like i said a zelda or a metroid or something like that and they they dole out their big hits throughout the press conference to kind of dot these smaller things throughout but you know it just didn't quite hit as hard as i think that they would have wanted so uh, i think if you have a press conference like this i'm not saying cut out all the indie stuff but if you're gonna put if you're gonna bulk the show with that type of content you're gonna need to have some bigger heavy hitters thrown out because even if you go back I i realized this in the sony press conference too they did the same thing to where they have the big megatons in there, but people forget this is where they revealed when e- when Hitman got rebooted into what it is now with with the trilogy that ended with Hitman Three recently. 
Um, this is when they revealed that back in 2015. Um, Street Fighter V DLC was talked about. Media Molecule showed off dreams. Like these are lower key announcements. Destiny the Taken King got a release date. And these are all low key announcements, but they were a big deal. Even Firewatch to continue with the indie reference we were making. So like, you know, there's a little bit in here for everybody, but it's punctuated with some big bursts for, for you know, all fans can look forward to. Um, so yeah, that's all I can really say on that. <laughs> I feel like we've, yeah, go ahead. Speaking of Firewatch, God, Ooh, yeah, I'm still just so sad that In the Valley of the Gods got canceled. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, man. It's, I, I don't know if it got, they said it got put on hold, but if we're being realistic, they've almost certainly taken that development team and just put them on other Valve projects. And I'm sure the dev team is happy for it. That's the thing. Like, I don't think they're being forced to. I think they're totally, like, can you imagine a dream come true it is to work on, like, the next Half-Life, so to speak, <laughs> and stuff like that? Like, I can only imagine how awesome that is. And the fact that they're, they're just going to drop this really cool, unique-looking follow-up to their breakout hit, to go do that, it doesn't sit the right way with me, but, you know, I'm going to have to live with it. Um, but yeah, I, I think we've squeezed all we can out of this topic, though. <laughs> I, I think we're good on that. Did you have any other, like, you know, closing slash final thoughts that you wanted to add to it first before we uh, continue on? Or I don't know. How are you feeling on it? Um, yes, one thing, but it's not really not really related to anything. It's more related to that to the digital event from 2014. OK, there's a I don't, I don't know if you see, you've probably seen it. It's the. Uh, introduction of the me in smash where oh yeah versus reggie okay i've heard of that yeah everyone needs to seek out that video because it's just like everything with with everything have that happened to iwata like his ultimate ultimately him passing away mm -hmm. it captures a side of him that was it, it captures like a what, what appears to be a personal side yeah certainly yeah Feel you there. It's a side that you didn't see at, from him as much because he had to be so corporate often, but a side that was there the whole time. Yeah, that that's definitely a. If I find that video, I'll include in the description. Actually, fucking there you go. You just posted it, so <laughs> I'm gonna put that into th into the uh, show notes here. But yeah, that's a good video to put. I was just about to say, if I find it, I'll put it there. But now nah, you coming in clutch. And like I know, I know we're not gonna talk about it next episode because. Who knows what's going to happen next episode? God, yeah, we'll see. Uh, the Nintendo E3 intro for 2015 was Reggie, um, Miyamoto, and Iwata as puppets. Oh, okay, so that's the Muppet one. Yeah, and it's this. It's possibly the one. It's. I wish they would go back to doing these type of things. These types of things. Make it more silly and just you know give I, us a I, reason to get hype. Yeah, and add like a bit of whimsy to it. Yeah, I I definitely think so. I feel like with the Switch, they have crossed over so much because they've always been like, we make games for kids, and that's kind of always been their MO. But it seems like they've buttoned up the corporate part of it a little bit more because they realize, hey, this Switch is popular enough to where everyone's buying it. And when we put out random investor calls and very dry presentations, people are still getting the news and still getting excited anyway. So why do we need to spend money on getting jim henson to make puppets of us like 
you know, I, I feel like that's where they've kind of gone to. But hey, we'll see. We'll we'll see how the company changes and morphs over time. But uh, yeah, this this Nintendo right that happened. Once again, I don't want to say it's all the way outright bad. There are some redeeming qualities, like we've mentioned, but overall, it was a tad disappointing. And hopefully, they'll look at these other previous press conferences and understand how to fix it in the future. And honestly, I feel like I feel like the fact that everyone hated this direct is going to mean, oh, okay, we just won't do directs ever again. <laughs> like part of me thinks that Nintendo's going to learn the wrong lesson, and instead of changing, they're going to be like, all right, well, we just won't try ever again. So, whoop dee dee, have a spoonful of me, as the meatloaf crunch guy would say. Um, and with that, we'll go ahead and move on to the housekeeping segment of the show. We're going to talk about some of the things that have come out on the site, on our YouTube channel, in the podcast feed, so on and so forth, within the last week. Um, right now, we have a bunch of Steam Game Festival demos going up on our YouTube channel. Um, just gameplay from a bunch of them. I'm going to share. You know, what? I'm going to share the one from Foregone because I know that's the one that you had been talking about that you really liked in the last episode. So I'm going to share that one. You can look at gameplay for Foregone on our YouTube channel right now. But we have some other ones coming out. Um, pretty soon you'll be able to see gameplay from stuff like Odd Venture and uh, what's another one? Oh, wait, who played The Surge 2? <laughs> oh, that, that, was, that was me. Holy shit. Ah. Uh, oh, I should have asked you about the fucking search too. Holy shit. Do, I, let me just ask this. I, I'm going to watch this video later now since I have access to it before it's scheduled. Um, did you enjoy it? <laughs> Let's just say that I was not able to get past the first boss. <sighs> All right. I can't I even play, beat you. Yeah. What I, what I played, I, I had a great time with. Ooh, okay. All right. See, this is exactly the, the vibe I had where I couldn't get through the first boss and then... I made it through, and I think something clicked. So we'll see if I can get you on that same train. But at this point, it's too late in the podcast for me to just talk another half hour about the search too. Um, so yeah, look out for our demos from the Steam Game Festival. You'll be able to see those uh, pretty soon here. Actually, by the time you're listening to this, uh, it will be already out. Um, Life is Strange Before the Storm. My Let's Play of that is finally going up on the channel. Uh, episode one should be out by the time you're listening to this. So you will be able to, you know, click the link in the description. I'll have that there. Uh, so give that one a gander. Um, and we also have some, is this ducktail stuff you as well? Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're, you're on a roll with a bunch of random shit here. Well, I love I've, it. I've, I've had a bunch of stuff, uh, banked. Like I have a, a SmackDown versus raw rest, like road to WrestleMania mode, uh, little thing that I did. Okay. I have a 40 video uh, Star Wars Republic Heroes uh, video series. Oh boy. Okay. It's <laughs> a long one. And um, I'm still waiting. Like, I, I bought a bunch of games uh, like Grow Home, Grow Up, Contrast. Yeah, the classics. <laughs> uh, Abzu. Oh, yeah. I remember Abzu. Lord have mercy. And like, kind of just, mm -hmm. just like games that I want to uh, also like uh, CSL too. Oh, okay. Whew. I'm basically looking. I'm looking for the next uh, Edith Finch, basically. Ah, uh, yeah. Have an effect, like uh, have a profound effect on me. Looking for that next classic. I did. I did actually play a little bit of Little Nightmares. Ooh, okay. I, I've I talked about that in a previous episode. Are you yes or no on it so far? 
I am stuck on a puzzle, but it is really good. Ooh, okay. That's another one. Next episode, we'll I'll get a progress report on Little Nightmares, and I'll see if I can convince you to get back into the Surge because, <laughs> fuck, I I actually have the Surge through PlayStation now as well as Game Pass now, so I might go back to it on PS4 and get get some platinum trophies. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. I ain't, I ain't promising nothing yet, but also, we'll see because that game's uh, great. If you check the back end of the site, you'll see that you, you kind of caused something to happen. Oh fuck! What did I do? I I'm looking at it right now. I'm letting it load. Uh, uh, oh, stats. Okay, let's see what happened. No, no posts. Oh, posts. What did I do? Go, go to the drafts. All right, I'm looking at it. Oh, okay. I bet I know. I bet I know. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon I, here, or I actually, think, I'm. Yeah, I didn't think he'd do it. Yeah, I, I feel like I kind of low-key forced him to shit or get off the pot on that one because I I forget what it was. I was talking about this on Twitter. Here Here's what happened. So actually, this is another uh, housekeeping thing that I have to add here. Um, I got invited on a podcast. God, there's here's the thing, man. This whole week, I've been on other people's shit this entire week. Like Monday to now, I have either been on a stream with someone or a podcast with someone. So I have too many things to share. <laughs> So I have to like catch my bearings and look at what the fuck they were. Um, I was on a podcast this week. God, I should have gathered this beforehand. Okay, here we are. Awesomely Average Podcast. He had me on and in there, long story short, on the tweet that he used to like promote the episode, he was like, what is Emmett's favorite Final Fantasy game? You'll never guess his answer. And it's kind of a troll question. Because I think I said it in this episode. I've never played a Final Fantasy game. So, whoop. Um, but on that tweet, Josh saw it and was like, you know what? You're going to make me want to rank these games. And sure enough. And then I think uh, Graydon came in and like egged them on even more. So, no, he's... Um, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly, it was like, are you challenged? It, it led to, he's like, I'm, is this going to lead to me writing in a, like a, a, a ranked Final Fantasy list? And in, in, in the style of Graydon's. And Graydon's like, you better not. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And looks like he's about to do it. So I, I have no clue how long it's going to take him to finish that. But, you know, look for that on the horizon. And with me, I, this is another uh, housekeeping link I'll also put. Uh, I'm planning on streaming all the Ratchet and Clank games starting tonight with uh, the original PlayStation 2 game. Uh, so I will soon have a I will have soon played every single Ratchet and Clank game because I played all of them on PS3 except Tools of Destruction, which is the last one I'm going to play in this little stream series I'm doing. So we're all going to be ranking some franchises. We're all about to have some hot takes, I'm sure. So it's about oh, to be on I a crack. I found the tweet mm -hmm. and Josh goes timed one up at Great Lowe's Telltale ranking with my Final Fantasy ranking. And Graydon all caps goes. I dare you, Miller. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, man, we're it's getting aggressive over here on the on the Twitterverse. I'll tell you that much. So, yeah, so that's where you can find that I, one there. I am mm -hmm. also working on something. Oh yeah, tell me about it. What is it? I'm working on a little. Uh, if you remember, I put out, I wrote something about Ven right before it launched, like my hopes for it, everything. I'm yeah. working on a. And I don't know if it's, I'm not sure if it, this, if I'll change the title, but it's G4 2.0, what I want to see with the relaunch. Ooh, okay. 
that one should be good. Yeah, they're they're I don't know if you've seen, they've already announced like three shows that are for sure definitely gonna be there once it fully launches. Yeah, Attack of the Show, X Play, and the Esports uh show. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. They're starting with I still am a little bit like, okay, we, so we're putting we're putting Adam Sessler at the helm of the show despite the things that have happened with him, but okay, whatever. We'll we'll see what happens with it, but I I felt the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his um his response his his basically his eulogy for uh, Esquire Network was possibly the one of the funniest things I've seen from him since he left G four. Oh wow! Okay, that and that... also he also mm-hmm. did a video with uh, someone a different another content creator in Rust. Oh yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, I don't know. Hope hopefully I don't know. Hopefully he comes around. I still feel like whatever happened with him was like some accident that he never stopped to like clarify. But I still don't want to excuse that. So I'm just like, man, I still don't know. And I also have friends who work at G4 now, like Rihanna Emanuel works over there now. So like, I I don't want to just shit all over their whole movement, but eh, we'll see. We'll see. Anywho, besides the point there. So you can look out for that G4 piece once that comes out. Um, also, most anticipated games of 2021, those pieces are continuing to go up. Uh, Graydon's is up right now. Oh, God, I didn't realize his first game. I feel bad for him already. <laughs> the first game on his list. Oh, my God. So we'll see what happens with some of his games. But you can go read about that. Uh, some of his games that he's looking forward to. Uh, I'll have mine out probably by the time you hear this. I should have it out. I'm planning on working on it at the beginning of this week. So. Yeah, you guys should see that soon. Um, oh, and oh, then you weren't, you weren't kidding. Yeah, yeah, that first game. Fuck. <laughs> oh boy, I hope it works out for him, but it ain't looking bright. Um, also, I was on the Vidya Game Apocalypse podcast over at the Laser Team Network. Uh, I got invited on by a friend of a friend, and it went super well. So you can listen to that one. They have, like you were talking about, Al, you were talking about how like at wanting to add like music segments in the podcast and all that stuff. They straight up have a soundboard. Well, they'll they'll like play sounds live while we're recording. And I'm just like, I can't believe this shit. They have they have a fucking setup going. I'm just like, wow, this is somewhat professionally done. Uh, well, I mean, we're professionals, I like to think, but I don't have a soundboard. <laughs> so yeah it is what it is there so yeah give that one a listen to if you want to check me out there um trying to think if there's anything else oh judas and the black messiah review i wrote that for the movie it's on hbo max uh watch that shit it's a great ass movie then read my review if you want to know what i thought about it because it's amazing uh hyper time the podcast as well Dwayne mcduffie part two uh you can listen to that one I, i think i shared part one on the previous episode um, so go ahead and listen to that as well. But yeah, give some love to that show. Uh, y'all do a lot of work on that. Uh, Josh, Josh, especially with all his notes, Jesus Christ. Yeah, God bless uh, him for it. Jo- later tonight, Josh, J- Javon, and I are recording a uh, a cap capper to that episode, or to that to the, the special Black History Month. Excellent, good stuff. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, and I think I've touched on everything. Of course, I, I just have a series of tabs here open that I'm just keeping open so I can put all the links into the, <laughs> into the doc later. Cause I just made this one very quickly, but it is what it is. I think we'll be good. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure that's all she wrote for this one. 
I'm going to go ahead and hop off because between I actually got like three or four more phone calls after the one that interrupted the show. So I have to go see what those calls are about because some of them were from my mom and not work. And I will answer that one. So uh, I'm going to see what's up with that. Uh, but for for the show here, thank you, Al, once again, for hopping on with me. It's been a blast. No problem. I'm glad my microphone didn't have horrific pop failures like last time. Oh, yeah. Thank God that didn't happen. And also, thank God that, you know, I have audio that I can even hear on my side. So <laughs> we both had some technical difficulties here leading up to this episode, but uh, it should be it should be good by the time you guys hear it. Uh, once again, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. Thanks for everything. We shall see you in the next episode. And as I always say, keep it real. Keep it real. Adios, y'all. <laughs>